episode 65 Bruce Boots volume 1 All right, how you doing? It's September 2018. Oh yeah. Is everything cool out there? Is everyone rocking and rolling and whatnot? Now, for this episode, we're not going to talk about Springsteen footwear, although we could. I remember seeing those those badass motorcycle boots that he had on the cover of the the Live 7585 box set. Man, I wanted a pair of those so bad. But no, for this episode, I'm going to start a new series uh, discussing Bruce Springsteen bootlegs. All right, I love bootlegs. A bootleg is basically anything not officially released by the artist. Uh, it could be live shows, outtakes, rarities, promo stuff, audio or video. You know, I first discovered bootlegs attending record shows. You know, in the late '80s, I remember one record show. There was a guy. He had a table set up. He had all kinds of videotapes there, each in a hard shell box. You know, they all had homemade covers. And they were all live Kiss shows. You know, I'm a huge Kiss fan. Back then, when I was a, you know, early teenager, you know, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, you know, I picked one up and I asked the vendor. I was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Oh, this is a this is a pro shot live concert of Kiss in Largo, Maryland, from 1979." You mean to tell me if I give you twenty dollars, I can go home with a VHS copy of a complete pro shot live Kiss show from the 70s? Fucking sold. You know, and I was off you know, down this never-ending bootleg collecting rabbit hole. (laughs) So, you know, as I began to frequent more record shows, I know I'd always check out the bootleg guys. There was always audio and video, so much great stuff. You know, it's just insane how much bootleg footage is out there if you look for it. You know, there's vinyl bootlegs, audio cassette bootlegs, a few years later, CDs, there are video bootlegs, you know, vendors with boxes and boxes of VHS tapes of live concerts and TV appearances and later DVDs and Blu-rays, just so much killer footage. And even like the used record stores, you would find, you know, bootlegs and stuff like that. You wouldn't find them in the chain stores. They couldn't, they wouldn't be allowed to sell that kind of stuff, but you know, you'd find them in the odd used record store too. So I began amassing, you know, quite a collection of bootlegs and, you know, rare footage and stuff like that. You know, I loved it. I was a big taper myself, you know, back then. Uh, you know, I'd sometimes sneak a little recorder into shows and make my own bootlegs of live concerts that I attended. I'd also tape almost everything off television. You know, if Bruce was going to be on Letterman one night, I recorded it. In the late 90s, I began trading with you know, other collectors out there. You know, the advances in technology facilitated ease of duplication. You know, it wasn't very difficult to copy VHS to VHS or cassette to cassette. And then even easier to copy CD to CD or DVD to DVD. So I had a list of all my stuff and I'd find guys online with similar lists and we'd trade back and forth. When the internet first came out there in the mid-90s, that's one of the things, you know, I really got into was checking out music. And, you know, eventually it led me down to like some bootleg stuff and some underground dealers and that kind of thing, you know. And I was still going to record shows and I became friendly with dealers and tapers. So I amassed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of bootlegs. 
these days it's a bit easier to access this footage with so much being available on YouTube and torrent sites. But in the 80s and 90s, it was you know difficult and you had to kind of hunt for this stuff. With bootlegs, there's always two main selling points for me that make a great bootleg. You know, it's either content or quality. It may be something very rare and I just want to hear it no matter how bad it sounds, you know, for historical purposes. You know, I definitely have a bunch of those bootlegs. You know, some of the stuff would be unlistenable to most, but uh, to the hardcore fan and collector, these are gems, you know, or it could be a performance where the band was just killing it, so that can make a poor sounding recording tolerable. Or it could just be a really great sounding, or, or in the case of video bootlegs, just a great looking recording that's, you know, you want to watch. And in recent years, the recording gear has improved and so has the quality of bootlegs. You know, it's very common to find soundboard recordings, of pro shot, high def video, you know, Blu-ray quality, just amazing the, the, some of the stuff that's out there. It's even kind of better than the uh, professionally filmed stuff and the professionally edited because it's nice to see just a raw feed in pristine condition. You know, that's the, that's the kind of gems out there, the bootlegs. You know, and some certain bands and artists lend themselves more to being bootlegged than others. You know, mostly the, the man from the fan base. Artists have rabid fans. You know, they need everything. They need it all. They want it all. You know, those kind of bands seem to have lots of bootlegs out there. I guess it just comes from the fan base making this stuff. So there is quite a catalog of bootlegs floating around out there for, you know, bands like Kiss, Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Rolling Stones, and Bruce Springsteen. These days, the lines are getting blurred on bootlegs, you know, mostly because of the availability of YouTube and streaming and a lot of bands, including Bruce, are, you know, releasing more and more you know, archival concerts, plus they're releasing, you know, even current concerts that they're doing, you can buy, like, you can go, you can go see a band and you can leave the show with a, you know, a CD copy or an MP3 copy of the show you just saw, so that kind of stuff is putting an end to bootlegs, but, you know, there's always something special about a bootleg, you know, it's almost romantic, you know, especially to the musically obsessed, like, like myself, so, you know, great satisfaction in hunting down a particular live show or track and then getting it, you know, once, if you're, looking for that rare performance that he that he did one night and then you find it you're like wow that's that's amazing <laughs> so last weekend i was going through some of my audio cassette bootlegs i have boxes of those and you know i'm thinking of digitizing some of them and as i was looking through them i found uh i found one i forgot i even had it was titled springsteen live somewhere in 1978 so i figured i'd check it out and thought it might be good to start a sub-series of the podcast focusing on you know springsteen bootlegs Going through my extensive collection of Springsteen bootlegs as well as, you know, whatever I can find online or from others or wherever I can find that stuff, it's always out there. You know, I'm talking about the shows, playing a couple of tunes, so so here we go with Bruce Boots Volume 1. Bootleggers out there in Radio Land, roll your tapes. I digitized that summer 1978 cassette. You know, a bunch of cool things on there. I think I got this back at a record show in the 80s, maybe early 90s. The sound is pretty good on it. it sounds like it's all soundboard. Uh, you know, it's different than the released radio broadcasts that were you know, came out from that 78 tour. Not really sure when these songs are from. They sound like it's just kind of a mix kind of thing from different shows. I assume it's all Summer 78 Darkness Tour. You know, there's general stuff on there like Born to Run, Spirit in the Night, Prove It All Night. You know, there's a cool version of Heartbreak Hotel, but the one I dug and the one I'm going to play is The Promise. One of my favorite Bruce outtakes, uh, this was a song was recorded after Born to Run, but you know, left off the Darkness on the Edge of Town album. It would, later would come out on the double record of Darkness Outtakes in 2010 called, uh, it was titled The Promise. 
But back in the day, all we had were a few bootlegs to listen to to determine how great of a song this was. You know, continuing those breakout, run away with your dream themes of uh, Born to Run with the cold hard truth of reality. You know, real life ain't always about drag racing and riding down the highway with your girl in the passenger seat. So, you know, I love this solo piano version of The Promise, Bruce Springsteen, somewhere in 1978. Well, Johnny works in a and Billy works downtown. Terry works in a rock and roll band, looking for that million dollars sound. Me, I got a little job down in Darlington. Oh, but some nights I.
truth is spoken and it don't make no difference something in your heart turns set which is essential for all hardcore Bruce fans is the Lost Masters Essential Collection. I have CD copies of this set. I believe I traded with a dude in the 90s for him. Now this set I have is a four CD set of outtakes, alternate versions, rarities, and demos recorded 1977 and 1983. From what I understand this four CD set is kind of a best of compilation from a larger 10 CD set of Lost Masters. I still got to get that at some point. There's lots of cool stuff on this, you know, alternate lyrics to some well-known hits, there's early arrangements of some stuff, uh, some stuff that would surface in different versions on tracks or The Promise or you know, bonus tracks and deluxe versions of albums, but there's, uh, there's some interesting stuff on this set that still hasn't been officially released. Check out this new wave-esque rocker called I Don't Wanna Be. It sounds like a live recording of the band in a rehearsal space or studio or something like that. It's a, it's a rough mix. Bruce's vocals and guitar are way low while the synth and the organ and you know, Clarence's background vocals are way, way high in the mix, you know, <laughs> so you really get some good uh, Clarence uh, background vocals on this. You'll be singing the Clarence part all night after you hear this song. Uh. <laughs> so Bruce and the Fellows obviously being influenced by current bands like, you know, the Cars and Blondie on this one.
Another cool track off this uh, Lost Masters Essential Collection is an alternate version of one of my favorite Springsteen songs, The Price You Pay. Fuck, I love this song. I get so emotional. Just like Whitney Houston. This is a different arrangement and mix than we're used to on the river. As a hardcore fan, I find it fascinating to hear different versions of songs, right? Like to hear how the song took shape, to hear, you know, what what they tried, what the band tried before settling on the master take. You know, slightly different lyrics too. I think the middle verse is different. And, uh, you know, as a songwriter myself, it's, it's interesting to hear how Bruce constantly would be working and reworking lyrics, you know, before getting to the finished version. If Bruce isn't satisfied with a lyric, he's gonna tear it down and throw it away.
I love that song. With my favorite artists, you know, and Springsteen included, I try to get at least one show from each tour. So my goal was kind of back then to get like one bootleg from each tour, and I've kind of kind of kept that up. But uh, so from the Tunnel of Love Express tour, I have this double disc CD bootleg of a pretty good sounding live show. The bootleg's titled "Roses and Broken Hearts." You know, it's live from uh, Mountain View, California, May third, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, it's a soundboard recording. Those are always the good ones to have. You know, it may have been a radio broadcast or something. There are a few things different about this tour than others previously. You know, the set list didn't change much night to night. Bruce brought a horn section on tour, the E Street Band and the Horns of Love. But by having a, you know, a horn section at his disposal, Bruce catered the set list towards you know different arrangements and songs that would benefit from some live brass, so some live horns, right? So one song I dig off this bootleg is Seeds. You know, a Born in the USA outtake that was part of the '84 '85 tour. This song appeared on the Live '75 '85 box set. You know, and on that record, it's powerfully placed. You know, in a in a four block of songs, along with uh, War, The River, and Born in the USA. You know, showing four unique sides of a grim, dream-shattering America. You know, in the in the 1980s. Well, Sorry, son. 
This CD bootleg, Roses and Broken Hearts, also includes a few songs, you know, from Soundcheck. They're called, you know, Soundcheck songs. So you know, here's a version of a uh, play another one off this. Here's a version of the Roy Orbison classic, Crying, performed during Soundcheck. You know, there, I guess there's a few people in attendance there. Sounds like an audience recording for this one. You know, different than the main live portion of the set. Different sounds, but uh, still cool. Still very, still very listenable. In this case, like I said, the content outweighs the quality. You know, there's some great singing by the boss on this. You know, almost impossible to match the heartbreak that Roy Orbison would sing with. But, uh, you know, Bruce does it nicely and passionately. Such a great fucking song. I was alright for a while. I could smile for a while But then I saw you last night You held his hand so tight As you stopped to say You wished me well You couldn't tell
four CD set, bootleg set entitled We Don't Play This One Much, Rare Originals 99 to 09. I believe I bought this off somebody within the last decade. You know, this is a cool four CD comp of live rarities performed during that decade since the reunion tour in 99. You know, there's so many great tunes on this. You know, most of the stuff is audience recordings and, you know, another case where the content far outweighs the quality. You know, although it's all quite listenable, you know, lots of one-offs and stuff here, like first ever performances, and in some cases, the only performance ever, some of these songs, you know, this is an essential compilation for the hardcore Springsteen completists, such as myself, you know, so much killer stuff on this, uh, what should I play, there's so many good songs I could play, this is that reunion tour and beyond era of the band, like, they were all excited to be, you know, back playing these songs again, Bruce was going deep into the back catalog, really establishing the band as the viable force that it is. When the reunion tour commenced in 99, Bruce had just put uh, that tracks box set out, right? The four CD box set of outtakes. And so on this set, there's a bunch of rare performances of track songs on this, right? The, like one-offs, one I really enjoy is, uh, I'll play that one. One I really enjoy is Car Wash. This is an early 80s outtake sung from the point of view of a you know a woman working at a car wash. She's doing her time at this dead-end job. You know, she's supporting her children, you know, and she has this dream of becoming a singer and making millions. You know, not the American dream, but the American reality. And, uh, you know, it's very cool with this song. It's cool to hear uh, and different to hear Bruce singing from the point of view of a woman. You know, Catherine Lefevre, I think he calls out her name, you know. <laughs> so here's here's one off that this compilation. Now, this is from Germany, June 13th, 1999. You know, check out the great cowbell work on this from Clarence. And an even better sax solo by Clarence on the outro, you know, that's something you don't get on the studio version. This is from Tracks. Let me hear that tempo, Max. Well, my name is Catherine Fever. Working the Astro Wash on Sunset Night. I drop my kids at school in the morning. I pick them up and Mary's just for supper time. Oh, well, I work down at the car wash. 
so cool. Man, I still really miss Clarence. <laughs> he has a way of just picking the song up when that sax comes in at the end and those outros. I just love it. All right, so let's play another one off this set. This is from uh, Columbus, Ohio, March 24th, 2008. This is You'll Be Coming Down off the uh, Magic record. I love that album. You know, one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen albums. Great to hear anything off this played live. Uh, this one in particular has some prominent Steve Van Zant background vocals. You know, this is from the Magic Tour, and to date, the one and only performance of this song. In the lyrics, uh, Bruce is singing to a girl, you know, the sentiment that, you know, you like, your life may be all nice and fine now, but one day it's all going to come crashing down, you know, and when you least expect it to, right? Some words of wisdom from someone who has lived through the themes of Born to Run and Darkness on the Edge of Town and the River, you know? <laughs> You'll be fine long as your pretty face holds out. Then it's going to get pretty cold out. Like a thief on a Sunday morning, it all falls apart with no warning.
I'm not sure where I got this next bootleg from. You know, I couldn't find a hard copy in my collection, but the show is in my iTunes library. So, you know, I'm usually very good with my music collection, keeping it organized and sorted and filed. But in the last 15 to 20 years, with the ease of duplication and online downloading and file sharing, some of this stuff gets put in a pile to be sorted later. You know, and you end up forgetting the source of a lot of this stuff. So, anyways, this one, this bootleg comes from that pile. <laughs> it's the title is uh, "Getting to the Point." It's a it's a complete live show from Bruce's Devils and Dust tour. This is from Dublin, Ireland, May twenty fourth, two thousand five. And I dug the Devils and Dust tour a lot. You know, I saw it, I saw it live in Toronto that summer. Interesting set list for this tour that he would, you know, really vary from night to night, playing a, a different batch of songs. You know, and that's a good thing about collecting Bruce Boots is because he varies the set list so often, you know, you can get multiple shows from the same tour with very, you know, different unique set lists, you know. And on, on this tour, Bruce was doing different solo interpretations of his catalog, you know, doing a lot of solo stuff from Nebraska and Tunnel of Love and Rarities, you know, stuff rarely performed with the E Street Band, you know, and some different versions of stuff he usually performs with the band. So, uh, case in point, check out this version of one of my favorite songs from The Rising, further on up the road.
plays solo it's it's quite different than an E Street Band show you know he's, he's able to convey certain songs in a way that he can't with the band in an arena you know in front of 15,000 people that you know just want to dance you know the intimate theater setting and his crafting of the set list you know putting specific songs next to each other you know it creates a unique listening experience for the audience you know if it's done right it'll take you on this journey that the artist wants to take you on you know but that's all to do with the the audience, you know, and if the audience is cordial enough to go on that ride, right? Like, don't get me started on the two chicks sitting next to me at the Devils and Dust show in Toronto that figured it was cool to sing along with every song louder than the guy on stage performing them. Anyways, so, uh, you know, Bruce was hitting a lot of songs off Nebraska on this tour. One that I really like from this show is Nebraska. You know, the title track off his sixth record, you know, very dark and menacing lyrics on this song. You know, sung from the narration of a man and his girlfriend who went rampaging across the Midwest and a narrow waiting execution. You know, I guess it's loosely based on a true story on Charles Starkweather and his accomplice Carol Ann Fugit. They, apparently they, mar- they murdered 11 people over an eight-day period in 1958. You know, Bruce sings this with a remorseless vocal, you know, and it adds to that chilling nature of the song. You know, like the lonesome moan of the harmonica throughout you know that really gets me you know just like this record is so cinematic and even more when he plays it live right
Father Jesus, I'm an outlaw, killer, and a thief. I slowed down on us so my grief. I'm Outlaw Pete. So that's a live rehearsal version. And this comes off a two disc CD set I have titled uh, Working on a Dream Tour Rehearsal, Asbury Park, New Jersey, March 23rd, 2009. I think I may have bought this and a bunch of other stuff off a dealer, you know, a while ago. This might have been from that dude. Uh, you know, I love this stuff. I love rehearsal things, you know, bands practicing. This is Bruce and the band rehearsing for the upcoming 2009 Working on a Dream Tour. You know, rehearsal footage is, is really cool because, you know, you get mistakes. I dig mistakes. You know, it makes it real, makes it raw, it makes it human, accessible. You know, it makes me feel like, you know, I could do it too. You know, and I know I could do it. You know, they have to work at it too. You know, it's, it's all about getting the machine tuned up before taking it out on the road, you know. This bootleg has perfect soundboard quality. There's a small audience in attendance. I think this was in the uh, Asbury Park Convention Center, I assume. Uh, Jane Weinberg sits in on drums on a few of the tracks. I think it was sort of that era when Conan O'Brien got the Tonight Show gig and he needed Max uh, on that show with him, right? So it was arranged for Jay, Max's son, to sub in on a few shows that you know he couldn't do. I think Jay plays Born to Run, Good Eye, and a couple others on this set. But I want to play you this rock and roll version of Johnny 99. You know, another one of those criminal songs from Nebraska. You know, guys up to no good. You know, Bruce turns the band out on this one. As much as I love the Nebraska album, it's, you know, that record is perfect. I, I always wondered what the, the band versions would have sounded like. I imagine kind of a mix of rockabilly stuff, like, like this song and Open All Night. And, you know, maybe some heavier rock stuff like Atlantic City, State Trooper. You know, when's that Nebraska box set coming, boss? So Bruce and the band are performing in front of people and they get some audience participation going on the, the woo-woos at the end there. You know, there's some great solos by Little Steven, Sister Susie Tyrell takes a solo. You know, I think Bruce takes a, like a, a, a solo at the end there. You know, and you get a messy rock and roll ending with a second chance. We'll get it next time. Well, they closed down the old plant my Wally dead mom. Ralph went out looking for a job. But he couldn't find none He came home too drunk from mixing tannery and wine Got a gun shot at night clerk They called him Johnny 99 Johnny down 
prison for 98 in the year. We'll call it even Johnny 99. Woo!
We'll get it next time. We'll get it next time. All right, I got to play one more off this 2009 tour rehearsal bootleg. You know, I want to play Bruce and the E Street Band covering Wilson Pickett's Mustang Sally. Now, I got to admit, I know I hear all the moans and groans out there. You know, I, I admit it. I despise playing this song live. You know, I've played in bar bands for many, many years, and I've had to play this song many, many times. You know, people love this song, and they love to dance to this song. But not everyone is the Wicked Picket, and not all bands are the E Street Band. So going through the motions on this tune, you know, it just doesn't cut it for me. It's, it's not that enjoyable. You know, that being said, I love the original version by Wilson Pickett. What a voice, you know, recorded at Muscle Shoals. What a band, what a groove. You know, I could dig that all night long. And, uh, you know, there's always that, there's that great moment between Bruce and Wilson Pickett that they had when they performed uh, In the Midnight Hour together at the 99 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, that was that time that Wilson called out Bruce for an ass-kicking before they got started. Oh, look out. It's going to get very real now. I got 1991 inducted to the Hall of Fame. want to come up and sing it tonight. Mr. Wilson Pickett. Thank you, Bruce. Oh. Now, 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 I want to, uh, Bruce. Uh, I'm glad you invited me up because, uh, you know, I wanted to sing with you a long time ago. I wanted to kick you in the ass, you know. But you know, you're the boss, so we're gonna keep it light. You know, we're gonna keep it light. Let's give it a shot. Well, let's give it a shot, huh? All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. During this rehearsal, I guess someone requested Mustang Sally, so Bruce decides to play it. You know, the request portion of the show was a big part of the 2009 tour, so, you know, it's always good to sprinkle in these rock and roll staples, you know, test the band. For this performance, Bruce invites to the stage local Asbury Park musician John Eddy to sing it with him. I'm not too familiar with John Eddy. He, uh, he's put a few albums out. He's a, kind of a local New Jersey guy, you know, so he gets up to sing this song with Bruce, and he doesn't know the words. He fucking blows the second verse. Come on now, man. Like, there are only two verses in Mustang Sally. Anyway, Bruce calls him out during it, and the song is kind of funny. On, in, during the solo section, I think Bruce says something like, I think you're the only musician I've ever met who doesn't know the words of Mustang Sally. <laughs> Good times. There it is. All right. John Eddie, come on up and sing with us. Is he still here? Johnny, are you still here? Is the man still here? There he comes. I thought you were playing tonight across the street. No, next, tomorrow night? The other night, all right. All right, Johnny's been an Orangeburg Park musician for a long time. There we go. All right, somebody requested it. You want electric? You want electric? That's good, fine. All right, I want to key D. D.
There's a sampling of a few of my Bruce boots. I hope you enjoyed that. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you dig. Let me know what cool bootlegs you have in your collection. You can contact us through the website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com, or on the Facebook group page, Tramps Like Us, Bruce Springsteen Podcast. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Talk with you next time. So, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter at Tramps Like Us Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Tramps Like Us podcast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary... E Street Band.